Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Real Education Musicals. I am one of your hosts, Legion, by my cohort, Mike, and I'm Vinny. And we are glad you've joined us again, because this week we're going to talk about The Greatest Showman! <laughs> the, um, this is the only way Wendy's going to say it. Like, <laughs> no. I, I've yet to hear her say it without singing it like that yeah. every time. Because <laughs> this is The Greatest show. Um, the the movie musical that just came and went and like 50 people saw it, most of them my friends, as near as I can I tell. actually saw it on Christmas Day in a packed theater. Oh, that's good. I didn't it see was, it until... It was really crazy and like everybody was kind of into it, but also... It's a... We'll talk more about it later, but it's a, it's a weird movie to like be like, I fucking love... It's weird. Like, I, I feel very conflicted about it yeah, there, almost it's, constantly. It's sort of like a secret handshake. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> cool. All right, you're with me. Yeah, there's like a family of four next to me that I, because of course it's Christmas Day and I'm like the one guy there by himself. And uh, we were kind of like chatting afterwards and they were like, did you like it? I was like, I think so. <laughs> and then it's one that's definitely grown on me more and more uh, as it sat with me. Well, you saw it late. I have yet to see it. So yeah, Vinny is our um, the, virgin, the, the guinea pig. You're, this our, time. Yeah, you're our you're our test case. So uh, has Teddy seen it? No. Oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, uh, Wendy's daughter and it's your mom, and then Vinny's wife are also. We have a whole fucking group of us going to a sing along version of it. Yes. At a theater, yeah, it's, it came back to the theater near us, or presumably, it looks like it's two shows on one day. Yeah, and there's sing-along shows. Right um, now, we have the only tickets in the theater. Currently, the, the five or six of us that are going are the only people set to be in the theater. I hope so. that's true because it's going to be a dance party. <laughs> it should be a good time. So, Vinny, what do you? What are your expectations? What do you know about it? What What are your thoughts in advance? Really, all I know is. What I've heard from, from you guys, you two, or the one you know that, that somebody sings the greatest show very right. loudly, I, very often. I'm expecting that, <laughs> uh, and I, I know you know it's the story of, of Barnaby. You know, like I know that it's kind of a kind of glossing story. over of the story <laughs> in some way. I mean, like I said, I only I, you know I, I try never to spoil myself about in anything before I see it myself. Like you, I avoid reviews and all that kind of stuff as best I can. Um, so I know generally the outline and that it's not as truthful as it may need to be, but also how would, you know, I, I have questions and I'm sure they'll get answered after I've seen it. So, uh, some will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Others should just be fun. like, oh, I don't probably, all probably would be a lot less fun if they included X, Y, and Z. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's what I'm wondering is because, you know, from what I understand, what, you know, the things that they change intentionally, it's like, if you included them, it would have completely changed the tone and possibly the enjoyment. And, you know, so, I mean, I, I'm just interested to see how it plays out on screen. And also, this is the second Zac Efron movie we've done out of three movies. <laughs> you are not wrong! By the way, not mad about it. <laughs> I'm really not mad about it. Oh, he, that, yeah, I can't well, wait, and, can't I mean, wait for you to see Going it. back, I mean, we started with High School Musical, which I had never seen, and couple days ago, uh, my wife and I sat down and watched High School Musical 2, try to catch up, and they only get better if you haven't, hadn't seen them like me, uh, stick with it. I haven't seen the third one yet, but 
Just wait because we will definitely <laughs> we'll be definitely covering the other, at least the second one, if not the other two. But I am doing my Put a pin in that. <laughs> High School Musical, the trilogy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and you get to see Hugh Jackman do his thing. I'm, I'm excited. so fucking charming. He is the greatest showman. And um, uh, the, I'm blanking on her name. Hi. Hi. Kiala, 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 Settle. Yeah, oh, yeah. She's amazing. is great. Zendaya is great. Another Disney star. So it's kind of cute that she and Zac Efron are their own little couple. Because I'm like, oh look, it's the it's the romance of the Disney yeah. stars. Yeah. You know, we get together. Oh, and it's another movie where Michelle Williams is married to kind of a shitty dude that like ignores her for most of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like I was like. Michelle Williams? I know. I was very surprised because I did not know she was in there. Cargill actually leaned over. Is that Michelle Williams? <laughs> yeah. Who I love, by the way. Like, like I should, so I can't wait for you to see this. Yeah. I can't wait for you to see this. Of course, you, you might want to sit not next to me. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I actually, I don't know if I'm more excited about the movie or you watching you guys enjoy watching the movie again. Right. <laughs> Just from the way I've heard you talk about it. So. <laughs> My kids is going to be like, Mom, I can't hear the music because you're singing it. Stop, sing along. <laughs> That's good because you're going to see it so many more times. <laughs> oh, she's heard the soundtrack. Oh, has she? Oh, okay. she has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> Some idea what to expect. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, and all, like, a lot of her classmates have seen it and are surprised she hasn't because... Like it has a reputation. <laughs> That's so surprising. Your kid has a reputation, or you have a reputation kid, among your kids' peers. No, my kid has a reputation because she's my kid, and of course, that's the life she leads. Jazz hands. That makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> you haven't seen it. Why? Well, so she's like, Mom, everybody else has seen it, and I'm like, Okay. Well, it's it's time that. And we're gonna fix that for you. Absolutely. And so after the break, listeners. The greatest show! <laughs> Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. I am not a stranger to the dark. You're still just the Taylor's boy. Better luck with your next job. Those people will never accept us. This isn't the life I promised you. Not even close. I have everything I want. Girls, I think I've had an idea. Look out, cause here I come. Putting together a show. It's a place where people can see things they've never seen before. <laughs> okay. I'm not scared. Who's that? And what is your act? I don't have an act. Everyone's got an act. People aren't going to like it if you put us on stage. Oh, I'm counting on it. I believe those are the words of a scoundrel. A shaman. Whistling just a shaman. Don't listen to them. They don't understand yet. But they will. So tell me, do you want to go? Where it's covered in all the colored lights. Where the runaways are running the night. Impossible comes true. It's taking over you. Does it bother you that everything you're selling is fake? Do these smiles seem fake? We have more protesters every day. I tried to freak! You're risking everything you've built? Well, how do you think I built it? 
the world was ashamed of us. But you put us in the spotlight. You gave us a real family. Have you no shame? Father, the world is changing. No one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. So, Vinny, The Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman. I, I'm sorry, you need to sing that. <laughs> you need to sing it. The Greatest there Show! That's better. I can't hit this. I can't hit this. Um, it was great. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Was I, it the greatest? greatest? <laughs> I, I mean, it was. it's definitely one of the better, like, produ- like put together and produced. And, um, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was so well-crafted, I think, is just what, what I kept thinking of. Between the choreography and the set design and everything, it was just immaculate. Um, you know, I mean, we'll get into other stuff about the, the story itself, <laughs> I'm sure. But um, I mean, the, just the, the music. What I was telling Jimmy on the, on the way home from the theater, the, the thing that first caught my eye was just the set design. More than anything, uh, I mean, a lot of the background are, if they're not hand painted, they're made to look like it. And you know, I, I haven't looked it up. Like, whether they're computer generated or not, they, they look hand painted and it was just really great to kind of bring that like stage like production. Real, it also gives like a real dream yeah, looking like, thing to a lot of the, the first one the first one that caught my eye was the when uh, when Hugh Jackman and Michelle Williams are, are doing their duet on the, the rooftop and you know you get the, the sprawling like the view of the, the bridge and the moon and the, the, the skyline and it's very clearly hand painted or it looks to to look like it and from there it just kind of sets you in this you know, you're in a musical, and, and it's, you know, it's not meant to be completely realistic, and you just kind of get swept away in yeah. it, and uh, that just kind of set the tone for me from yeah, there on. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, it's definitely a um, an emotional sister to, like, Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Absolutely, like, yeah. Like, we're just, we're going to, it's not going to be realistic, it's going to be in a dream world, we're going to have surreal elements, we're going to step into, like, almost a cartoon world, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, halfway through, I had the same thought, like, uh, both times I've watched it, uh, like, halfway through thing, like, about parallels with Moulin Rouge, and then have to go, like, oh, because they're both circuses, and I'm like, oh, wait, Moulin Rouge is definitely not a circus. <laughs> but, like, they have that same a sort of... circus of the flesh. They have the same sort of feel to a lot of, um, a lot of the settings and a lot of the numbers and things like that just feel very, very similar. Um, you can actually see the choreography in this movie, though, uh, yeah. which I know is <laughs> yeah. Wendy's big complaint with Moulin Rouge. You are not wrong. <laughs> you are very not wrong. When we cover Moulin Rouge, we will talk about that. <laughs> so many beautiful things that you just There's decided to edit notes. out. Yeah. Baz, the hell. Um, so I do give credit to Michael Gracie, the director, for like letting us actually see the show. Thank you very much. It is very theatrically filmed. Yeah. Weirdly. Like, yeah. There's a there's a quality to it. Because he's not... I looked him up. He's not from the stage at all. Oh, really? Do you know what he is? I've never heard of him prior to He's a special effects graphics designer. Wow. <laughs> okay. Like, for... You guys keep talking. I'm going to pull up what I wrote about him because it's... No, here. I got it. It's a little snarky. Um, what I wrote was... <laughs> no! Snarky? You? Michael Gracie, director... 
Who is this guy? <laughs> Visual effects turned director? Literally, it's his directorial debut. And next up, he's going to do a manga series, Naruto, and an Elton John biopic titled Rocket Man, and then maybe another movie. Um, 20 years as an animation digital compositor and visual effects supervisor. Yeah, he met doing a commercial with Hugh. Hugh liked him and said, I want you to direct this movie. And Michael Gracie's like, what? <laughs> yeah, me? Are you sure? Like, and I got some thoughts about that, but we'll get into that in a bit. So continue talking about the movie. Yeah, I mean, what what you were saying too, just the, I mean, definitely, definitely it does have like a, a theatrical feel to it. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, just wide, almost static shots of the whole production and their choreography, uh, which is not something that we've seen as much in the other ones we've watched so far, uh, which was just neat to see. And you kind of, you actually do get a sense of everyone that's present in the moment. Um, but I also, I mean, there wasn't, they, they had a nice mix of, you know, there's the duets that would become solos, it would become, they'd become the, you know, the ensemble as well, and they, they, it wasn't, like, so singular, they, no, no one song had, like, one type of performance, really, like, they, they all kind of, and not in a good way, they all blend together and kind of create the, the whole. Yeah, all the, I will say all the music does sound alike. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's all in the same place. Uh, it's a, a little bit Fortunately, of a criticism. that's a place that I like. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's a little bit of a criticism that I, I think is valid. If you don't like one song, you're probably... You're not going to like any of the others. You're not going to like any of the others. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, it reminds me, you know, having never seen it, and, uh, it was great that, you know, so we went and saw it in the theater as a sing-along. Yes! Uh, which was fantastic. Um, but so even before the, you know, the movie really starts, when they're just doing the, the title cards, you know, you see the... Uh, the lyrics pop up, and there's a dancing top hat <laughs> that leads you along. The little bouncing top hat yeah, yeah. For, um, for the introductory whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, 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 it was just that all the woes. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. They're like, well, it got us over the t- giggling at the top hat before the singing actually. Yeah, so right. It was really great. But, you know, and then that, like, but the, you know, this, that song that they introduced you to is almost more like hip-hop. Like, just, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the way that it opens, at least, um, which was was a little different. I mean, you obviously you go back to that song and they reprise it at the end, but um, that was a little totally different. It wasn't mainly just because it wasn't what I was expecting. Like the type of the music wasn't what I was expecting the show to be. Um, not in a bad way. It was just like, oh, this is different. And then once it actually gets started and, and you know, the production happens, it's I'm, I was fine with it. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they uh, they start they start how they mean to go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right in your face. Like, I hope you like this because yeah. this is what you're getting. Well, it's like I, I've said a couple times already that like I like big overdone numbers, and this movie is just like here's one, here's one. <laughs> have another, have another, have another. Did yeah. you did you take a drink? Time for another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take, take a quick drink. Oh wait, here's another one. Because right. literally, I had to pee from about a third of the way into the movie, and I like. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, nope, wait, there's this number. I like, okay, well, nope, wait, nope, this another number's coming up that I like. I noticed when they got to the to the reprise of um, Jimmy Lynn's song <laughs> that you were just like, boom, you were fucking out of there. You're like, you're gonna get back before they get to another song, <laughs> right? Because I know how this song goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's short. It's okay. Whatever. It's She's fine. I can cry. I can miss it, and she doesn't really sing it because it's all emotion. <laughs> um, yeah. So, did you notice the title card that 20th Century Fox is all faded and? Yeah. Pulled that from a vintage film. 
Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. That's I cool. can't yeah. remember which one it was, but I saw the in the IMDb trivia that's actually pulled from some vintage film with their screen cap. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, right. I like that. I like that sensibility. And there's <laughs> so much about this. I like the sensibility of it, and I think they were all doing everything right. And it's just a shame nobody wanted what they were offering. <laughs> Except it did make it made money. It did make money. Yeah. So I mean, it's but I don't think it made enough for them to go. Let's make another one. Probably. Unfortunately, but this was apparently a dream project for Hugh Jackman since two thousand and nine. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's incredible in it. He's, he's incredible in everything. I mean, it's not like this I want to know, like, where he found it. Yeah. And what got him so excited about it. Because the what I what I saw that made my, my head tilt way to the side and go, what? Was, so 2009 was when he found the project and was like, Dude, I want to do this. 2011 is when it was re, like, when they were like, it was announced in, that we're going to work on this property and he definitely was going to start. Um, no, wait. 2009 is when he found it. 2011 is when Gracie was signed. 2013 is when they said, by the way, we've now hired the people to write the music. What? <laughs> what? So what was it before? <laughs> yes! What, what was his dream project? Just P.T. Barnum? Like, I uh, just that on a piece of paper. P.T. Barnum. Yes, I would like to play that and I'm going to yes. dream about it now. Like, because <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, we have a million dreams. Raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The it, the script is solid and the script does the work, but it's you know this is a this is a very typical musical in that you were watching it for the numbers. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. without the numbers, what was he excited yeah. about? Like, <laughs> was it transcribed from a script into a musical, or was I mean, I guess you don't. No, he, say, he, but... no, he wanted it to be a musical. I, I caught that much, but I That's do not know, like, right? Yeah. Like, it, well, I, like four years in, he's like, hmm, maybe we should get somebody oh, yeah. to write some music for Lyrics. this musical. <laughs> well, and it, for all we know, like, and this is, I should say, for all we know, there was music attached, and then they went, no, we don't like it, or maybe it was more classic, but they decided they wanted to do more like the long music, like, no, we're going to have contemporary music because the, the way they sold that was like, because he was such a groundbreaking personality that we really want that music to be fresh and, and modern to show that. I'm like, yeah, no, you just want to sell the soundtrack. Be yeah. honest. And that's fine. That's fine. I love that's fine. almost every song. <laughs> right? Which song don't you love? Um, I don't really like the Jenny Lynn song all that no, much. No, because it's repetitive. It's yeah. the same thing. Oh, and rewatching, even though I've listened to the soundtrack like so much, rewatching the movie this time a lot of the songs are really repetitive. Mm -hmm. uh, like, there's like a verse to each song. And yeah, from I've now on. It once, it's very repetitive, <laughs> but it's fine. I mean, from now on is my favorite song in the whole thing, but it is literally just them repeating from now on. over. Right. And he, then sings, like, he sings two verses, Yeah, and then they just go into the chorus for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a jazz concert. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is, and like, in a... When I sing it in the shower, which of course I do a lot, um, like I often like segue naturally from one song to the other because I'm just like, well, I've sung all the parts about that I like, and it just kind of leads into singing all, all of these parts. Okay, um, yeah, the Jimmy Lynn song. Okay, and we and I was sharing after the movie. What's funny? At, for the most part, people do their own singing. 
I was most curious about Michelle Williams. Me too, yeah. Like, did she do her? And, like, the first time I saw the movie, this is my third, I was looking in the credits, and she's credited. Yeah, I, saw, yeah. I saw that. And I'm end. like, Michelle Williams can damn sing. Damn. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. She's good. She's really and she good. moves well, too. I mean, we know on the rooftop those are dancers who are right. sucked right. in. Sure. There's a reason they do them in white shots. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but the... She, the movement that was clearly her, she still has a natural rhythm. Like when, like, there's a scene where she, uh, I don't even remember which song it is. Tightrope? It's Tightrope, I think, where she, like, is standing at the window, and she comes in, and she, like, twirls and grabs, like, uh-huh. a candle, and then blows it out. That, like, very clearly her, and it's just kind of like, she's so good. Yeah, <laughs> like, she moves very well and very, very naturally with a ease, like, I'm like, I bet she actually can dance very well. Yeah. Just not, like, the, that... Rooftop dance, and I'm like, oh God, no, oh Jesus, <laughs> you're just running flat out. Go you, because <laughs> Michelle Williams, I'm pretty sure, is like closer to 40 than 30, and you don't do that when you're that age. You're like, no, they let the 20 year olds. I'm Michelle Williams. I was nominated for an Oscar. I believe you're gonna have a dance double for that. Um, no, but she sings and she does a great job. Of course, in Diet of Her does hers and that and cue and everyone and the one person who most notably is dubbed is the singer Trent Jenny Lynn. <laughs> what? Close up on her face, just her singing. She did sing for the film. Right. Because she and I I credit any actor who knows you cannot lip sync a vocal performance and have it look right. You've got sure. to act like you've got to actually physically sing it even if they dub in the voice later because otherwise everything just looks weird. Yeah. But also, clearly, they were dubbing Tom Thumb. What was that? Yeah, that's really weird. Really obvious it's and awkward. awkward. Like, the first time I figured, like, I went home and Googled it after I watched it the first time, because I couldn't figure out what it was that was very off-putting about him. Also, he's not that short, and he was walking on his knees. I was going to say, I mean, there is that. Tell, like, the, the way his movement was stilted, too, so it's like... I was wondering about that. But there's just some, like, the whole character just feels weird yeah. to me. It almost, like, I almost was at first like, is this a CG character? <laughs> yeah, it kind of looked like that. <laughs> well, because they're doing so much CG manipulation because he's on his knees. Right. Because they, the actor was 4'2". Like, the actor's already quite short, right. um, says the girl who's five foot. So he's, <laughs> you know, he's a good 10 inches shorter than me. Let's really consider him. Like, right. That's short. Um, but Tom Thumb was only 40 inches tall. Oh, wow. He was 3 feet 6 inches. So a, that would be, what, 8 inches shorter than the actor who was playing him. So, I mean, realistically, they were making him as short as Tom Thumb would have been. Sure. Like, having him be on his knees. And um, although I do think Tom Thumb, because there's a difference between dwarfism like there's two different types of little people. There, there's dwarfism, and then there's just there's one the the other one where the the, the growth isn't distorted in the same way. Right. Like I, and I don't know the term for it, but I know what you mean. Yeah, and I believe Tom Thumb was the latter. He wasn't. He didn't have dwarfism. He had the other one. So I, but I don't know for sure. I'd have to look at. But I was reading a little bit about Tom Thumb and. Original Tom Thumb. By the way, there's a dog in here. If you hear a doggy noise, there's a dog, and she's an adorable dog, and it's okay. I was also. She just went under the table. I was like, she's gonna bring that mic down with her. <laughs> Boom. Um, but the original Tom Thumb, uh, 
Barnum adopted at age four. That's all I know. And I, if I read a biography, I'm sure it'd be a horrible story because everybody knows Barnum. He was a monster. <laughs> yeah. He was kind of a monster. But he adopted it, adopted him at four, had him start performing right away, telling people he was 11, so it could be even more like, look how tiny he is, and trained him to imitate grown generals. So, like, by age five, he's smoking cigars and drinking wine as he's part of his act. That seems irresponsible. Right? <laughs> like, slightly. This, this poor child, yeah. right? And by the way, I've smoked a cigar, that shit makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thing that like when people are smoking cigars and you see all the Englishmen smoking cigars, they like cigars. I'm like, those fuckers like to get high. <laughs> Seriously. Experience, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't even know what led me on to all that. Oh, the singing, the dubbing. So yes. Tom Thumb was dubbed and Jimmy mm-hmm. Lynn was dubbed, and like one other person not as notable was dubbed. But everybody else was singing it, which yay! I yeah. I love it. Although they are. Uh, there was a lot of manipulation, shall we say. A lot of uh, yeah. audio cleanup. That Especially I'm, with the kids in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's who was dubbed, the kid. Oh, was it? The, young the boy? Kiki, oh, okay. Young Kiki Barnum. Okay, guys. that oh, makes boy. sense. But yeah. also there was a lot of, like, that sounds very processed. Yeah. Well, and, um, like, tightrope is more processed. Like, like uh, I don't think they need, like, if you need to process it that much, it makes you go, could they not hit the notes? Right. And I think they can. So stop processing it so much. Right. That they clearly like the sound. I I like the more classic sounds, but look at that. So um what else? Um We were I, talking about Barnum, you can get into it. Yeah, yeah, I can get into Barnum that quickly. Was and also this. just kind of some of the other like I do really like the movie, um and why I liked it. A lot more. I was able to enjoy it a lot more this time, going in knowing what all the flaws of the movie are. Uh, so I was able to just kind of like shut that part of my brain off um, and, and enjoy it more. But yeah, I mean Barnum basically. It, I feel like they try to get to some of this, and there's a lot of things they try to do. A lot of things in the movie. Uh, they try to bring up things of classism and racism, and they just don't ever really gel for me. They just kind of feel like. We brought this in as kind of a prop to use, and now we're past that and on this other thing. They never really feel like part of anyone's real story. Um, and so another one of the things that they bring in is the way that Barnum kind of exploits everybody that he runs into. And that's kind of the biggest problem with P.T. Barnum as a human being is, I mean, this is a guy who they left out, you know, conveniently that he ran minstrel shows and uh, things like that. He basically just exploits everybody, and that's how he became who he was. And uh, the movie kind of hints at that in ways. Um, you know, he's obviously exploiting Jenny Lynn. He's exploiting, they, they kind of hint at him exploiting all of the, the circus people um, when, you know, they go to the Jenny Lynn thing and he won't let them in. Um, it just never really... It never really feels like a major flaw for him, right? Like, it's never... There's never really any real repercussions for him. Or if they are, they're kind of easily redeemed. Yeah, just <laughs> like, at the end, when, you know, they all come back, they find him at the bar, and they're like, what's going on, bro? And he's basically just like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's cool. There's three scenes in a row. Yeah. There's the reporter, there's 
the from now on scene, and then there's uh, one more. With the wife. Is it with the wife? Yeah. Basically, each one of them might as well be looking into the camera and being like, he's a great guy anyway. Because, yeah. uh, like, the reporter gives the whole speech about how, you know, he created this paradise of putting people of all colors and types and shapes and sizes together. And then the next scene the celebration is, of humanity. Yeah, yeah, the celebration of humanity. And then the next scene is at the bar where uh, Kiala is telling him, like, I never had a home and you gave me one. And I'm just like, okay. Can we get to the song that I really like now? <laughs> <laughs> but, and they hinted it and they hinted it and they hinted it. And that is the problem is that there's no weight. Yeah, right. This is very, a very fluffy and I still love it. Right, I right. absolutely love it because it's a very. What I read a criticism that I'm like that's a really spot on criticism for a for a show that is about letting your freak flag fly. It is a very traditional construct. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and nobody is really in any danger. Nobody is really in any trouble. Nobody really has to live with the repercussions of their choices. Like, and you're not wrong. I think. And I think part of why it was never going to do well is, like, right now in America... It's a very bad time for that to come yeah. <laughs> It's a very bad time to be, like, on the one hand, yay, let your free flag fly, and you, this is who you are, and you should not be ashamed. But on the other hand, we right now in America, we're like, um, we're not going to just let white guys get away with shit. And all that jet. Right, right. And, and it's just like... gets away with a lot of shit yeah. on the backs of other people. But he is very clearly exploiting, and the, they don't mind being exploited, which I'm kind of like. I kind of like that they. That's there because there is a symbiotic. There is a symbiotic relationship in theater. You, you are being exploited. Every actor knows it. Every actor knows it. Like you do community theater, and you do it because you just want to perform so badly that you do it for free. Meanwhile, the community theater is making money. Right. Right. That's. So, I. I think. That- a lot of that would have been more, would have worked better for me if it had one of two things. Either this musical based on P.T. Barnum, like in, inspired by, let's go yeah. with inspired by, like not supposed to be sort of a biopic kind of thing, or tell it from the perspective of like the circus people. Yeah. That would be super interesting. You can delve into those themes. And you don't have to end up like with this worship of of P.T. Barnum, which is the number one problematic thing about the movie. Yeah, or, or from his daughter's perspective, or from a child's perspective. Right. Give it, put a frame around it that allows the dream, that acknowledges the dream, and and acknowledges that this is a fictionalization in the spirit of Barnum himself. Right. Yeah. Like who who was like, yeah, I, I don't see why it's a lie. Right. <laughs> like everybody everybody's in on the lot. Everybody knows it's a fake, but we're all having a good time while you complain. Because it's true. And so Yeah, and I don't I understand people are like, Nope, don't wanna see it, don't I don't care. I understand like I get it, that's fine. And I also get like it's not doing anything new, it's not really breaking any ground. I also get that too. Um I mean, those, sometimes those, you can just have dumb fun. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, those two complaints were really the only thing I heard about it when it came out. And I was like, well, I mean, I want to see it, but it was just because of those. I was like, well, I'll catch it eventually. And that's, you know, why it took me until now to see it. Nobody says those things about Fate of the Furious, I'm just saying. Right. 
<laughs> What's wrong with having our entertainment be singing and dancing? Yeah, done? I mean, it was fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. But I mean, I agree that yeah, I mean, the handling of it was a little problematic and probably could have been done better. But also, uh, big eye roll moment when he goes into the fire after Zac yeah. Efron. <laughs> okay, did is this where we want to segue into the gay, very gay subtext? <laughs> we can, yeah, because we just have like I think. oh, um, and like. I would watch the shit out of a gay romance between, between Hugh and Zach. Zach. Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah, when, yeah. That, when that number in the bar starts with the two of them, I'm just like, this is everything I ever wanted. Right. Yeah, I honestly didn't love that number the first time. I did. And I, now, like listening to it, listening to it a bunch on the soundtrack and rewatching it, I don't, I don't know what it was that I didn't work for me the first time, but this time I was like all in. All I love. <laughs> I love prop games. I was gonna say, I mean, just the, the well, and that's I think that's part of the other and album. and the the waiter, yeah. like he's like he is the croutons on that salad. <laughs> he is what makes that whole number even better because he's just in the corner being a little crunchy and right. being like, "What did you need here? Okay, excuse me, where are you gonna take me? Here's your whiskey. I'm gonna put them out." And he is beautifully choreographed, um, which I really appreciate because he's choreographed in a way that you don't notice him, but his movements are matching, so he doesn't stand out. Just stood there, you'd be like, "What's with Yeah, yeah. Why is he and you don't him? notice him until you need to notice him, and then it's like, and then he disappears again. Yeah, yeah. And, and then <laughs> like, but the way they are using the percussion of those whiskey shots, yeah, and it's just, I was just like, I love this choreography, and the choreographer is Ashley Warren, who again has done nothing <laughs> that I could find. <laughs> Where are these people coming from? Because I right. watched this the first time. Like, who's the choreographer on this? Because it's wonderful. This is really great stuff. There's some of the hip hop choreography. I'm like, it's a little clunky in those costumes. Like, it, sometimes choreographers and costumers get tripped up on each other. Choreographer choreographs a certain move in the costume or puts, puts them in something. And, and something that there's no way they can do that move. It's just like that doesn't, doesn't look well, it, good. It doesn't look good. Like, I think the costumer on this did a really terrific job. Like, Hugh looks. And I love and Zendaya. It looks fucking. And whoever, all of her yeah, costumes are amazing. Well, yeah. And the woman in the the gold, like the gold sequin outfit. Uh-huh. Oh, like the bald lady. Yeah, yeah. 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 every she time I was she stands out for me. Well, yeah. and the, the, the albino yeah. lady, like the way yeah. they, like. Yeah. I love that there's very some very clear color design going on. Like Michelle Williams is always in blue. Yeah. And it doesn't hit you over the head, but it it, it sets her apart. You know, visually, which is good because she's she is not a part of this world. Right. Um, and so I love that. But what they put Tiala in to perform it is terrible. <laughs> yeah. It, be, yeah, yeah. Because it shoves all of her boobs up literally around her throat and it constricts her movement through her shoulders and her arms. And this is a this woman did the national tour of hairspray playing Tracy Turnblatt. The woman can dance and yeah. move, and you're putting her in something that just makes very make, restricted, and it just makes her look awkward. Yeah. And there's there's a few where she has to like hold things in as she's doing her moves. I was just like, that, because that doesn't the hip, look like it's comfortable. The hip hop choreography is very fluid through the shoulders and yeah. torso, and she's put in this thing that just it's not that she can't do the move; it's just she doesn't look good doing the move. And right? It's just like, hmm, yeah, that's where that's a that's a. Fail. That's a fail of convergence between two different designers not coming together. And honestly, by the point at that point, the choreography should adapt to choreography and be like, "Look good. We should change." Can I? I'm sorry. Can I get ten minutes to fix this real quick on the set? Because 
as a choreographer, that's something that happens. Like often when you get on stage during tech week and you're finally on the set with the costumes, there's usually like about five or six things you're like, I need about 10 minutes to change how this is going to work because that does not look good. Oh my God. It's not, it's not you. It was me. <laughs> also the set designer. I'm going to blame him a little bit. <laughs> also the costumer. Right. Why did the costumer put you in that? I had a costumer for Chicago who tried to put me in a dress that literally would fly up around my shoulders because it, it, was, it was just basically like a, a boob tube with a loose skirt. And I had to do a cartwheel. <laughs> Two cartwheels in that show. And a whole ton of other dancing that it was just like, and it was so short that when I sat down, I was literally just sitting on my underwear. And I'm like, I'm not wearing this. I am going to be that diva. Jazz hands. This just, you've never cried after dancer. At least you saw the king of it, so you know you're supposed to wear underwear. Raspberries! Right? Right? So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, along with the costuming, I mentioned it. Zendaya's costumes, though, are all amazing. She looks so wonderful in every single scene. Uh, I really like the, um, the first Jenny Lynn performance. She has that, like, blue butterfly thing Mm -hmm. that looks so good. Um, I mean, part of it helps that she's just an amazingly beautiful person. <laughs> uh, but she looks great. Then there's like the the one cost, the other costume that really, really stuck out to me was um, at the end when they're going through like the rubble. She has on like this beautiful dress that has like this. It's also funny because they're like digging through this rubble, and she has on like this really nice like bluish suede coat. She's wearing it. I was like, "That's ruined the thirty seconds." <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> but then again, they they don't have much left. Maybe that's right. all she had. I like that um, when they go to when she goes to the theater. She's in that bright green dress, and I love the design that was choice really of that yeah. because she doesn't belong there. Mm-hmm. Like, she, oh, it definitely sticks out. Yeah, and it, I, everybody else is in. Black and white, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's a. It is a like tropical green, and with uh, with that so pink, bright, it, that she looks pink, like a peacock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, and I'm just like, I love it. I love it. Yes, yes. She's just like, what? I look good. This is what you wear to the theater, right? <laughs> yes, girl. That is what you wear to the theater. She's so yeah. She's she's a beautiful person. I love what they put Hugh in in that opening number because the pants are so tight. <laughs> it looks so good. When he's silhouetted with yeah, his yeah. top hat and cane, I'm just like, that was the moment the first time I saw it, I'm like, this movie was made for me. <laughs> it's a great first Someone time. said, I'm going to write a movie for Wendy. <laughs> right. You know what Wendy wants? Wendy wants this. And he's, when he smiles, I can't, I just will keep saying, when that man smiles, his whole being lights up. And it's so weird. Like I well, always, infectious. I mean, it's never yeah. that I forget that he's attractive, but I get used to seeing him in things like Logan or whatever, where he's mm-hmm. kind of more like grizzly. Yeah, and, and then you see him because he's a good actor. Yeah, and then you see him in this, and he's clean shaven, and he's. Just, I'm just like, fuck, he's so attractive. <laughs> <laughs> um. So some of the other people involved. Uh, by the way, the costumer is Ellen Mirajnik. She's done Logan Lucky. Okay. Behind the Candelabra. Don't know that. That's the movie about um, 
Uh, Lurachi. There we go. Thank okay. you. Starship Troopers. What? <laughs> Showgirls. Remo Williams. These were the ones I cherry picked out. She's done a ton of work, but That's what the shit? That's a such a great random source yeah. and like a some lot of random Ver- Verhoeven in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of Michael Douglas films. Like she did um, Wall Street and uh, The Ghost in the Darkness. Like Michael Douglas apparently really likes to work with her. Hmm. Um, there you go. The uh, the cinematographer, which can we all agree the cinematography was and the lighting design, like. It's beautiful. What about Seamus McGarvey? You know, the guy who did The Avengers, um, Anna Karenina, Nocturnal Animals, High Fidelity, Godzilla, and he has won, like, tons of awards in England. That, like, this is what I find interesting. You get that guy. You get Helen Mirage. You get Hugh Jackman. You, you, get, <laughs> you get Bill Condon. Wrote the, wrote screen the screenplay. Play. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you get... Uh, and, oh, there was some, some, oh, James Mangold was a producer and came in and did, like, uh, cleanup shots, reshoots. And then the director is some guy, yeah, and the choreographer is some woman, and the <laughs> assistant choreographer is some other guy. And it's just, like, the actual creative force behind this, which is the director and the choreographers, and then the lyricists are the musicians of the people who did La La Land and Smash. So they, they do have a little bit of weight, but, like, you're just putting, you're getting all these amazingly talented people like, yeah, I want to work with you. You've never done yeah. this before. Right, right off the street here. Yeah. Do something. Hi, you're doing a commercial and I think you're good and I want it. So. Well, props to, to you for seeing, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like apparently shooting that commercial with this guy. He's like, I see your talent and I really think you could do a huge movie musical, even though you've never directed before. Like, not even, I don't even think it was, I don't think he's even done, like, uh, like music videos, just commercials. I right. was really trying yeah. to dig into this, uh, this director, there's nothing. There's literally nothing. And I was just like, who are you? How did you get this job? I know how Hollywood works. This isn't how it works. Oh, wait, you are a white dude, so it probably doesn't work for you. <laughs> I said it. I said it. Um, okay, so, uh, listeners, the plot, Kiki Barnum's life, there you go. Which, like, Jimmy Lynch is a real thing. Yeah. Um. I also didn't like how they kind of just tried to make her, like, the bad guy. Yeah, because that is like, not true. just be crazy kind of thing. Like, yeah. it was like, he turned her away and she was just like, I'm going to ruin his life now. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't care for that. Yeah, because that really is, that really is true. Right. Um, it's... Like, look, I know Kitty Barnum's a bad guy, but, like, I read this, and I'm like, huh. Well, I don't know the background, but, like, he did take all the financial risks to bring her on tour. Right. He, like, he paid her up front and paid for everything up front, and then he was like, I will take the day and you won't cut. Um, and she was turned off by, there was no risk. By the time she arrived, he promoted it because he was so good at promoting. He had promoted it. It was already sold out. People already got to see her. So he was just breaking in the cash, and she was actually, like, a little turned off by it because she was very devout and shy. And, she, and like, his his showmanship was just a little too grasping. But, like, after a while, she was like, we're going to renegotiate this deal because I should be getting more of money. Because even though you did a small the financial risk, it's pretty clear. There is no risk anymore. Yeah. I need more of the date. And he did. He renegotiated with her and gave her more of the, more, like, I don't remember. It might have been 20% 
which she was actually giving to a charity. So, like, there's a lot that's true there, but... But it's cherry-picked, yeah. yeah. But she, the reason they she They have stopped, to actually give her a character to right. do that, though. Yeah, but <laughs> he made tons of money on that. That's not true in the movie. And she was the one who called off... She was the one who called off the tour, but that was simply because she was just like, mm, you're a little too sleazy for me. And, but they... It did say they parted amicably. Like... Yeah. Like, you brought me here, and I did make tons of money, and everybody knows who I am in America now, so... I mean, you're just a little too hard hitting with that. So, well, how about we just stop? So, and also because it's the movie, it is. I needed him to be destroyed without it really being his fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, and I do get this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you fell in love with me. I didn't mean yeah. for that to happen. I'm like, who wouldn't fall in love with you? God, look at you. Huh? The way you look. The way he looks at her. He's so in awe of her. Of course, right. she fell in love with. Him. What woman doesn't want a man to look at them like that? What person doesn't want anybody to look at them like that? Right. Somebody looks at you like that, and you're like, I'm in love with you. The way you look at me makes me feel great. Um, well, one thing I, I just, with you know, the, the movies we've chosen so far, um, I've been seeing a lot of Zac Efron. I'm <laughs> um, fucking always down for Zac Yeah, not a complaint. <laughs> um, just a fact. Yes. Preternaturally pretty. Like, he might have been created by aliens. So it was also, it was, I mean, just for me, it was just jarring to see, you know, having seen him first in High School Musical, in right. six, where he's this scrawny little, however old he actually Kid was. with a Michael Sarah voice. Yeah, he's like, just this <laughs> tiny little dude, and then, you know, 12 years later, 10 years later, whatever it is, in this, he's just like a slab of muscle, and like, I mean, he's the same, you know, he looks the same, he's just clearly, you know, the 10 years have been very kind to him. Um, but it's just it was interesting because it's it's like within the last three weeks that I've seen this like yeah right ten years of his, of his so, life. I used to work with a guy who looks a, like when I was in college uh, that looks a lot like Zac, Zac Efron, and he was a total garbage person. <laughs> and so, and he was one of those that those people that knew how he looked and would kind of use that to oh yeah. yeah. To, to uh, get away with a lot of things, basically, and just turn on charm and, and get away with them. Anyway, uh, so I was very, like, when Zac Efron first kind of became a thing, especially, like, the adult, like, Zac Efron as we know him now, it's kind of like, he looks so much like Steven, I'm just not into it. And then now I'm like, I'm always on board with that dude. Like, he's so good. He dances incredibly. Yeah. Um, he sings great. He's got... He's a great actor. He's got really good comedic timing. Like, there's just nothing not to like about him. Yeah, but him. <laughs> I need I need him to break more. Like he ha he's still like he's so tied to the high school musical stuff. Whenever he tries to not like not do like the Charlie's and Cloud and all that, like it just never quite works. I need him to break big because I think he's so great. Right. Yeah. Like I think I think he would be very funny. I um well wait he was he did that one. Oh, because he tried to be in Baywatch. He's done a couple, because he was in Neighbors also. Yeah, yeah but, none, few, of them, but they're... none of them have hit for him. And that's so frustrating, because I really want him... He's actually really funny in Neighbors. Right? He's so... <laughs> like, and you can, you can see it even all the way back in High School Musical. He's got a really good sense of timing. Of yeah. timing of how to play that, that beat. Oh, I, I want that for him so bad. <laughs> There's so many stars that I'm like, I love you. Why aren't you more? I need more of you. But what is it? Hugh Jackman 
that he gets to just be like, I want to make a musical and I'm going to pick this director I just met and you're going to get on board with it. And, but they did bring in Phil, they did bring in Mangle because the studio was like, he's a first time director, maybe this will be a little much for him. Yeah. So I'm curious how much, like where the reshoots were. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, because we haven't recorded, I don't think we've mentioned the recordings, and I did all of our own trappings work. Yes. And listeners, if you didn't know, there are lots of behind-the-scenes videos for Greatest Showman where they were workshopping because the studio was nervous about making it. So they brought everybody to New York to basically do a read-through, <laughs> a scene read-through for the executives. Where they, and they filmed it, which was smart, um, to just prove to them, no, this is what you would be getting. And Hugh Jackman couldn't sit for it because he had just had no surgery. And the director's like, Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, don't, tell, maybe don't mention that. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he put it. Nobody's going to travel to New York to hear, hear, to hear Hugh Jackman not sing in a musical. <laughs> like, He's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in those videos, for those of you who are Broadway fans, you will notice that it is Jeremy Jordan who has clearly been tapped to provide the singing voice during that workshop. And for like 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. did it for the whole workshop, but like the video that, that we get, it's from now on, and he sings like the maybe the opening like three bars, yeah. and then Hugh's like, no, fuck this, I'm going to sing, even though I'm not supposed to, and it's... Wonderful. And it's wonderful. And Jeremy Jordan's like, fuck yeah. You guys he's so into sing. it, like they're high-fiving at the end. He's and like, everything. yeah, go you. Um, <laughs> it really is a shame, like we said, though, for those, that they didn't have more than one camera devoted to every Because everyone was so into it. You could see, like, all the love and effort and just mm-hmm. how much they wanted it to happen. And it was just kind of unfortunate that, like, you only get, like, a panning view of some of the people, you know, for a couple of seconds at a time. It would have been great just to have a camera on Hugh Jackman. For that whole scene through, just watching him watch he was just everybody else. Clearly, just like that's my favorite is was watching him during um, y'all's number. Uh, this is this me. is me uh, watching him during that number because he's just like in awe of her and she's singing like, and he's so supportive uh-huh. and like yeah he's looking at her like <laughs> he was looking at Jenny Lynn and it's just like it's kind of like like uh, we. Were, the Tonight Show interview that we watched with with uh, Zendaya too. She talks about like being scared to do uh, her first like big trapeze stunt because um, it was higher than she had practiced with. There was no net like there had been in practice, and then Hugh Jackman just like walked by and he was like, "Zendaya, you're a badass." And she was like, "Fuck yeah, I am." Hugh Jackman just told me that shit. It's the same thing like in that when like Hugh Jackman like grabs Kiala's hand and it's just like yeah, 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 and he's so into it that it's just like. You know you can do anything when that dude is basically when, when your Wolverine back. is like, <laughs> yeah. you're a badass. You're like, I'm a fucking badass. Wolverine <laughs> just told me so. Well, he comes from a stage background. Yeah. Like, that's where he first got famous in, um, in Australia was for uh, a really interesting production of Oklahoma where he played Pro. I did not know that. I did not know that. There is, yeah. there is a DVD of it. Oh, Holy shit. I used to have the DVD and somebody stole it and I need to get another one because that is something I will... I don't like Oklahoma. I will show you that. I, have to I yeah. need to see him playing Curly. Sounds amazing. Well, yeah, because <laughs> and then when he because then of course he broke when he was playing um, when he played Wolverine. And I remember that he was on the Tonight Show during when that when um, X Men first hit and being interviewed as they were clearly doing the press. And what I most remember about that first interview is 
here's this very attractive man whose grin is ear to ear. He's right, just yeah. so thrilled. Every time he smiled, I'm like, I like you. And he was very just like, and they're like, so you come from musical theater? You did Oklahoma? And he's like, yeah. And he just bursts into song. He sings, oh, what a beautiful, like the opening bar of, of Oh, What a Beautiful Morning. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to have a crush on you for the next 20 years. Holy shit. Who is this guy? And he did become big. Like, so often you see stars, you're like, I think you're going to be big. Like, Zach Efron, you're like, why aren't you bigger? Right. But Hugh Jackman, he's fucking big. Yeah, and coming from that theatrical background, you could either be a diva or you could be... Super supportive. And like, like the, those are the two everything. ways it goes yeah. <laughs> in theater. Like, you're either way into yourself and those people weirdly either don't last long or they make it big because they're so fucking talented. Right. Or you're that person that you're like, I can't do I understand I can't do the show long. It takes all of us. And when you're good, the show's good. And that makes me look good. So I need all of you to be excellent so I can be excellent. Like, those personalities. Well, it's also, we, were, we were kind of talking about it before we started recording. That you just get... It could... If it's an act, it's a very elaborate, well-constructed act. That, because you just feel that, like, that's the way he is whenever you see him in anything, like, uh, just in interviews or, or whatever. He just always seems to be, like, that person. It's just... He seems enamored by the fact that any of this is happening to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also is just super excited that anybody he knows... These things are happening to them as well. And uh, you can just see that in him, and it just makes you, like, love him even more. That you're just like, he's, he just seems like a good person. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if you're he seems get, like somebody my grandma would like. <laughs> if you're going to get somebody to do P.T. Barnum, having Hugh Jackman do it is like, oh, it's P.T. Barnum, he's an asshole, but it's Hugh Jackman, and I still really like him. And. Even though the script keeps saying, like, you're self-centered, you take advantage of people, you're like, yeah, but it's Hugh Jackman! <laughs> well, I do, I, I thought a lot about uh, The Prestige, mm-hmm. while, yeah. like, over the last week or so while we were talking about doing this movie, because that is the character he plays in The Prestige, and I kind of wish we had gotten more of that kind of character. Yeah. It's like, you really see his obsession, and how, like, nobody else is really a part of it, um... Even when he's doing things, you know, you can still even have, like, the Turkish people, like, feeling like they finally have a home or whatever, but still be like, but yeah, also, he's this crazy person that just is all about himself and trying to, and, and you can make him relatable, like, they try, like, they do that in the movie where they're like, he came from nothing, he doesn't understand, he's still not fully accepted because he's, like, new money, and because he's, you know, running this sort of lesser entertainment um, so I feel like you could use those as redeeming qualities, but I really wanted to see, like, I would really love to see, like, a, a version of this where he is just, like, that singular obsession just shines through everything. Yeah, well, there's not really, there's not really a conflict. Right. Yeah, it's all, I mean, what little there is immediately gets resolved so they can, you know, kind of push yeah, it forward. Yeah, they just keep moving, just keep, just keep singing the names and it's yeah. very razzle-dazzle. So I've... There are movie musicals that often get put on stage where they, sometimes poorly, as in Xanadu, um, where they add in conflict, where, look, you didn't need to do that. Just show me Xanadu, really. Um, right. But I think this one could be really interesting on stage. First off, you'd be able to do all this circus stuff on stage. People would yeah. 
fucking be amazing. Awesome. It would be amazing, right? And these numbers because it's already play, cool in right. Yeah, but like a good, a good librettist, a good screenwriter, a good scripter would be able to like, yeah, do take and put some Pretty meat on further, it. Yeah, put some meat on it so that, and then we can deep fry it. Like right, <laughs> like right now it's just deep fried cheese, which I do love a mozzarella stick, but like you could deep fry some bacon, <laughs> and that would be really okay. Um, yeah, so, okay. What was your favorite number? It's hard to pick. I mean, they, like, <laughs> I think, I think this is me is probably, like, the, that whole scene, I mean, just the way that it plays out, where they finally, you know, just have had enough, and, like, the way that it was, it was choreographed and, and produced, I mean, I, I'd say that this is me is probably my favorite. Okay. But it, like, just, uh, the anthem of it, the emotion? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, just, because it's, I feel like that was kind of the, could have been the central focus, and unfortunately, it was you know a little washed out uh, just in the overall production. But um, yeah, I, mean, I think just as a whole, I mean, I, like the, the choreography, like more than just the, the the lyrics themselves and the meaning behind them. I just like I love the way that you know they get the door kind of slammed in their face, and they're just like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Like, well, and I noticed this time the door gets slammed in their face, and they turn towards where it says "Exit to Street." Oh, I didn't and they turn that. away from that, I didn't that and go through the lobby. I, I mean, I noticed obviously. The, obviously, they went through the lobby. Yeah, but I didn't notice the lobby. The, but like they keep missing it the third time to go. Yeah, yeah. They very deliberately are like, "No, <laughs> well, that's even better." So. I'm going out this way. Yeah, right. Like that's for me. It was just like the what I love yeah. most about just them finally just having had enough. And it's like, no, this is this is who we are, and we're going to, you know, and then just moving in, into the. I mean, y'all are just. Incredible. She's uh-huh. so that's like her first big moment in this show. Yeah, that's I mean, like, just finally getting her like, centered. <laughs> centered and she considers herself an R and B singer who somehow has turned into an actress. <laughs> it's working for her. She's just in, she's incredible. Oh God, yes. Oh, oh my goodness. And she because she's done a ton of Broadway too. She like she did Place to Turn Black. She did Bloody Mary in South Pacific. Um, by the way, the guy who plays Peepy Barnum's dad played the bear in Les Mis. Oh, I can and, see that. Uh, Kiala also played Madame Thenardier in the Lehman's uh, revival. Oh, right? I would love, I bet she'd be hilarious. Right. <laughs> A waste of her voice, though. Um, your favorite moment? My, so, the first time I saw it, the um, Rewrite the Stars was, like, my favorite part of the movie. I think it's, and it does something that didn't work for me earlier in the movie, which we, were, we had already talked about, which is the prop dancing. Um, for some reason, the first time it didn't gel with me in... Um, other Side. Other Side. Uh, but it did with Rewrite the Stars. I think it's so well done. Um, if you, it, Listeners, if you haven't seen the her on... Zendaya on... Um, why am I drawing blanks on <laughs> everything that... Jimmy Fallon uh, talking about... Uh, her doing the scene with with uh, Zac Efron, it's amazing. Um, there's video of them smashing into each other um, because they're really doing a lot of that rope work themselves, yeah. and so trying to get that famous spin, which looks amazing in the movie, <laughs> was actually probably fifty times running into each other in one time. Getting All right, I love. There's like one shot that I just really love, and it's when she goes up. One of the first times she goes up. He's like looking around for, her and there's a shot from like over this 
balcony ledge type uh-huh. thing, and you just see her feet come in, mm-hmm. and then her like swing into view, and it's so fucking awesome when it happens. Like everything in that scene, in that sequence, is shot so well. But listening to the song, I don't love the song that much. Yeah, it's okay. It's not bad. It's just kind of generic and forgettable. Yeah, but that's a song. That is a movie moment where the way it is shot, yeah. and choreographed, elevates the whole yeah. thing. Just, yeah. He's looking around for her. She swings into view. They're up in the air. Like the, the There's a moment where he's got the rope and he's holding her and then like he drops her and catches her by the hand. And then she like pulls him the rest of the way down. Yeah. The like, there's some really amazing moments. In yeah. yeah. For as, as middling as the, the music, yeah, the, the air chemistry and the composition of the and like, the whole scene and just, not just the choreography, like the way it is shot. Like, right. That's why I'm really curious. Like, how much is Mangold? How much is Gracie? Uh, right. <laughs> because if that's Gracie, he just has. He's he just a natural. Is amazing. Yeah, he is amazing. Um, my um, favorite, but was oh, that I'm gonna say, but that's my favorite like moment in the movie. My favorite song is from now on. Like, it's just so catchy and like it's so good. And you just it has that like English folksy kind of like oh, yeah. Yeah, going on that I. I could listen to that all day, and like, it bumps me out because it's at the end of the soundtrack. And so, whenever I'm listening to it, I'm always like, "I want to hear that again." And then I go back, but it's at the beginning, so I have to like skip through all the songs <laughs> again to go back to it. Because it's so, even though it's really repetitive, I just love it so much. Oh, it is! It's a, it's so much fun to listen to. My favorite movie, moment in the song. My favorite production part of the movie is is the other side. Like that happens. And they're like they've got their hats, their coats, they're dancing together. It's super gay, which really would be really on board with. I don't care if they're really gay or not. I don't want to make that clear. I just would really love to watch those two fondle each other. (laughs) And I know that, like, I know if a dude said that about two women, it would be wrong, and I apologize. But they are very attractive men, and there is so much chemistry between the two. There is for sure. I also forgot how. Long into the movie, Efron comes in. Yeah, yeah, I knew it's not even until like halfway into the movie. I remembered it being much earlier, and when he does come in, it's just like charm from the moment he's on screen. And also, that number makes me desperately want a musical where Hugh Jackman is the devil who seduces everybody to the dark side. (laughs) Because I'd watch it. I'd watch it, and he would absolutely. I'd I'd be like rooting for the devil. Like, yeah. Even if you happen to listen to this. You got your next movie. There you go. <laughs> I need some sort of devil, Hugh Jackman, because he looks good in red, clearly. Woo, does he look in red? Kind of looks good in everything. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, listeners, it's not a perfect movie. It's not a perfect musical, but goddamn if it doesn't just work. It's it's, just, it's enjoyable. Dumb hell, fun, yeah. really, is what it comes down to. It's well, just kind of like uh, when I shut my brain off and don't think about all of the other things that are problematic about it, I could just be like... This is fun, and I don't give a shit. It is an interesting <laughs> yeah. turn from The King and I, because The King and I is so emotionally like mature and deep, Yes, and yet very weirdly spare right, right. in its production. And, I mean, the sets and everything are lavish, but there's not any actual big dance numbers. And then you get this, which is nothing but dance numbers, but no actual well, an emotional <laughs> icing. A little bit. Very yeah, layer, yeah, like, but the, this is the breadth of what musicals can do for you, and yeah. oh, the physical choreography of it—it's just ah, oh, I want to. It makes me want to dance. Which you did <laughs> uh, <laughs> during the credits. During was, the credits, it was windy and like 
about eight or so other people that were there watching it just dancing. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, everybody was singing along, kind of, during, but the minute the credits hit, people felt a lot more free to be singing along! Yeah. <laughs> and like, ah, now y'all, I get it, I get it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, listeners, thanks for tuning in to our episode on The Greatest Showman. Jazz Hands! A Real Education the Musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical, on Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R-E-E-L-E-D-U, or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com. New episodes on every Tuesday morning. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. it there and guys are we do what are we doing next i thought so we can cut